All right, let's go hour number two on a Wednesday. Hope you're having a good one. There's a lot of weird NCAA stuff to try to dig through today as a state law is about to come into effect in Texas. We've been talking about that. Uh, Also got a breaking story out of the NFL today where they've decided, looks like they are going to punish Isaiah Rogers and the other guys with the Colts that they caught betting uh, under the gambling policy, going to give them a year-long suspension. Not official yet, but that's what Adam Schefter is saying today. So all kinds of things on the board today coming up at 1.30. We'll give you that Flex 30 segment, uh, talk about the Wednesday night Flex show tonight, last one until football season, and then more offers and commitments to talk about with big names in the area. Speaking of commitments, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. By the way, I'm Chad Hastings, Cameron Parker alongside again as Isaiah continues his honeymoon. We go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline for our weekly conversation with Justin Wells. Inside Texas on 3.com. Check out uh, Twitter at Justin Wells 2424. Justin, how are you? I'm doing well, brother. How are you guys holding up on this hot, hot, stupid, hot June? Oh, man, we're doing all right. I was going to double check on you. We're getting the 105s and 107s here. Uh, Are you out in steamy East Texas dealing with it? Steamy East Texas dealing with it. I walk outside and I realize in five minutes I didn't put deodorant on my genitals. <laughs> Man, I went outside last night. I waited till 7.45, 8 o'clock to do this. I went outside. I replaced two pickets on my fence. That's it. Take the picket off. Screw on the new picket. I did it twice, and I was drenched. It was unbelievable, and I did very, very little. Good time of year to lose weight. What's funny is, you know, my son had his, his all-star tournament last night, and his game was at 8 o'clock. And I'll say this, at 8 o'clock, it was kind of nice. The sun had gone down for the most part, still up a little bit, obviously. And, but there was a breeze coming through, and you really couldn't feel the humidity. And so for the first time in a long time, it felt really nice. But saying that, I, I threw BP to two of the players for about 20 minutes, and I dropped like 12 pounds. <laughs> So it was a win-win last night for us. That's it, man. That is it. All right, Justin, let's start off with uh, more good recruiting news for Texas. That 24 class uh, growing to to seven over the weekend, back-to-back weekends with good news. Tell me about these running backs. This is is in Texas DNA, obviously, at that position. So tell me about Clark and Gibson and uh, obviously two out-of-state kids here, but what do you like about them? Yeah, um, <laughs> this one's easy. Let, let's start with uh, let's start with Jared Gibson. Yeah, um, you know this guy. I, I feel like it's been a foregone conclusion. This recruitment. I feel like he's been in the boat for like a year now. Um, it's funny because this kid loves to shard choice, who continues to recruit at an insanely high level. Uh, Gibson, from a you know, an on the field perspective, he he's like smoked through a keyhole. This guy gets small in the hole. This guy cuts and goes, and he has that extra gear. He, he you know, he, he can run inside, outside zone. I think he is a really, really good fit for this class. Not only, not only, you know, just because of it, you know, he's the on three number two running back in the country, but he's also a thunder to lightning with Christian Clark, the big time tailback out of out of Phoenix that jumped on in the boat a week ago. And so once again, Tashar Choice does what he wants. He has two guys that he wants in each cycle. 
He doesn't care where they're ranked or where they live, and he gets both of them. And it's crazy what he is doing right now. I feel like Texas is going to have to cut him a check in about a year. And then on the other side, you got Nate Kibble, who falls once again into that large human category out of humble Atascocita, rather, where that's turning into an O-line new sort of place for high school. Uh, most people remember Texas offensive lineman Samuel Cosme came from there, uh, playing for the Washington Redskins right now. And then you also have Kenyon Green, who was a first-round pick for the Houston Texans, Cam Dewberry, who's actually on campus at A&M right now. I believe he's a starter. And so that school has produced a very high number of, uh, of elite offensive linemen, and we feel like Nate Kibble is the next one in line. And I think one of the best parts about Kibble was so many times we see coaches recruiting the players and the parents, and that's, that's, that's the normal way of business. But you could tell from the from his from Nate Kibble's mother his tw- her tweet on Sunday night, and it was essentially being grateful that the Texas coaches took a chance on her son. And I, I felt like that was refreshing. Too often, you know, I, you know, parents on on social media can be great, they can be a deterrent, they can be all of the above. Uh, and so I love that the mom came out and was just thankful and grateful that that Coach Sark and Coach Flood took that chance on, on Nate. And, and, and they, they, they invested in him, and she was gracious for that. To me, that was probably the, the nicest part of that commitment at the end of the day. And so now, ever since Santana Wilson jumped into the, into the hopper, it's been warm and toasty on the Texas recruiting trail, very similar to, similar to what it's like outside right now. <laughs> Justin, going back to the commitments of, of Jarek Gibson, and Clark, that's now three running backs by the Shar choice he's taken outside the city of Texas. You know better than anyone how important it is for the Texas coaching staff to juggle the egos of the Texas high school coaches. But with these three running backs now out of state, is there any concern about the relationships possibly between the Texas staff and these coaches with choice recruiting running backs out of state? No, not at all. Um, you know, Tashar Choice is from the Southeast Coast. He's, he's from Georgia, played at Georgia Tech, ran the football for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, he's a guy that, um, you know, his roots are there. And so with, with Cedric Baxter, there was a relationship three years in the making. With Jarrett Gibson, there was a relationship three years in the making. And so these are, these are guys that he knows and trusts, and that's Choice's job. It's not to take the best running back in Texas every cycle. It's to take the best running back that fits the culture and the program the best, regardless of where he plays each cycle. And Choice lives by that. Now, on the other hand, they signed Trey Wisner last year, tailback out of DeSoto, who helped, you know, helped the Eagles win the state championship. That's a, a more of a local kid. Obviously grew up in Waco, really good friends with Jelani McDonald and Kobe Black. And then you have uh, Tiger Ridden, 2025 running back. I've got a post that's coming up at Inside Texas later today, and it's basically the running back big board for 2025. Now that Choice has his guys for 2024, let's look at who's going to be who his targets are for 2025. Well, on one of the top names is Tiger Ridden, and that's another DFW in-state kid. And so, what you're going to see is a balance. You're going to see a kid, a take from California. You're going to see a take from Louisiana. You're going to see a take from Florida. You might see one from, you know, a Georgia area. And you're always going to see a handful from the state of Texas. Choice does not care where these kids play. 
And at the end of the day, he has to be able to go into these coaches' offices and be totally honest with them. And all you have to do is, is be up front and say, look, this is what we're looking at. This is what we want. We got one guy out of state we really like. We got one guy in state we really like. They're, he's very transparent in these recruitments, which I think really resonates well with the parents especially. And so it, it's not an issue at all. It, it, it would only be an issue for a, an opposing uh, college program that's recruiting against you. You might see, you know, somebody throw out, well, they're just looking out of state. They don't want the, the, the true blood in-state kids. And that, that, that shows you the desperation of other colleges because they know choice has a good bead on all of these tailbacks, it seems. Uh, it, 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 there's not a, an assistant coach that's recruiting at a higher level in college football. It just doesn't exist right now. And so, no, there's no animosity. If anything, they're looking at choice with more respect because he is up front, he is transparent, and he doesn't care where you play. He's going to get the best, and he's proving that year after year. Talking with Justin Wells inside Texas. Justin, I love how much you love the X's and O's, so I'll apologize in advance for a slightly political college football question, but I'm fascinated to your perspective on this because you are on the ground of recruiting and and watching it from that level. So this story about the state law that takes over Saturday and NIL and the NCAA telling the schools, well, you might get punished if if you do what your new state law allows. All that stuff leads me to this question. What would you tell CDC to do in terms of Saturday and beyond? Would you tell him business as usual, forgiveness over permission, or would you tell him to be careful moving forward? (laughs) This is a loaded answer. Okay. Um, I would tell him federal first. Instance in the United States, you better pay attention to that federal law, that state law, over any other entity. I don't care if it's the NCAA, Major League Baseball, the NBA, who it doesn't matter. Federal baby, you you don't get past that. You don't go above that. What the NCAA did essentially yesterday was a very strong level of posturing. And they handed out a doc- document that's the equivalent of John Wayne toilet paper. <laughs> It is irrelevant. It means absolutely nothing. The NCAA is a dying animal that still hasn't been shot and put out to rest. There is nothing the NCAA is going to be able to do. If they even try to implement stuff that exceeds the federal and the state laws, do you realize the amount of lawsuits that are going to come out? And do you think the NCAA has the money and the wherewithal to back up all of those lawsuits? Again, you're going to see posturing. They want to feel relevant. They want to feel like they're the governing body and they're important. They haven't been relevant in five to seven years. They haven't been the real true governing body ever since NIL and the early signing period for recruiting came along. The NCAA is just bobbing like a, a lure in the lake. And, and, and it, they're just, we're just waiting for the fish to, to, to pull it down because when you start playing around with federal and state laws, buddy, you're going in the wrong direction. You're jacking with the wrong people. And so it, it was, if anything, it was more embarrassing for the NCAA 
And uh, I, I, I think CDC probably had a nice little snicker. And like you said, it's probably going to be business as usual. Right. Yeah. yeah. Off that, Justin, what do you what do you foresee happening in the next few years? Because we're, we're all curious what happens with the NCA if we do get a governing body maybe through Washington, D.C. But what do you see happening with this new NCA rules, if you even want to call it that? And does it, is it going to lead to a lot of lawsuits? Or do you think the NCA is just going to say this and then actually not enforce anything? Which, the latter. The NCA is just going to say this and not enforce anything. I mean, it, 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 took, it, took, it took the NCA three years to investigate the University of Miami to, to find a handful of, of violations. Three years! which you could have probably done with an, an, uh, an, an accountant or an auditor in two weeks. Um, I, 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 like I said, it's posturing. I want, I, they, they, they do this because I feel like they want to be relevant, and they want to let people know, hey, we're still here. But the truth is the game has passed them by. Every rule that they had had for 100 years, you see them being changed over the last few seasons. With, with NIL, with, with, with the opportunities in the portal, with, with the early signing period. The NCAA is just trying to remain relevant, and, it, and it's a dying company. It, 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 it's looking at, you know, Chapter 8. It, this is a, a place that's not going to be around forever or, or much longer. I, I think with the extension of the, of the playoffs, I, I just don't really see the NCAA being relevant in any aspect. But the fact that they would even consider trumping a federal law just shows how incompetent and how naive they are in this process. Where's this going to go in two years? That's a great question because I'm not sure at this current rate that the, the, the NIL is a sustainable model. And, and hmm. it's always going to be here. Once, it's, once that box is open, this is going to be something that's never going to change. But I think you're going to see more regression to the mean. I think you're going to see – because ultimately people that invest in these things that, that, that donate in these things, that give in these things, these are people with money and means, and they got that way by being smart with their money. They got that way with always having a return on investment. And I don't know if you're going to see much return on investment when it comes to a lot of these deals. And so the next two years, I, I think, is really going to shape how everything is going to look. Is, is Washington going to have a, 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 you know, a, law, a set of laws and policies that governs the entire country, I think that would be the fairest way to do it. I think that would be the most level playing field, I guess, that you could have on a playing field that has really never been level. And so the next two years are going to be interesting, Cam. It's going to be cool to kind of see how all this how the, all this sorts out. Your elites, your top 2 3% are always going to get top dollar for, for, for their services. But I think you're going to see a, a different allocation of funds over the next two recruiting cycles. You're going to see guys almost in a, a free agency, professional-type atmosphere where some guys will get more focused than others, and that's what the players ask for. That's what the agents ask for. That's what the parents and coaches ask for. And so now that's what you get to deal with, and they get to figure this whole mess out. So, Justin, I'm thinking about, like, as I'm growing up and coming through school and everything, I remember when the Longhorns and Aggies would get together and, like, see who could donate you know, the most blood, stuff like that, or they'd have a donation for a good cause. So what do you think about a world where the Longhorn Foundation and the 12th Man Foundation get to bring money in that is specifically earmarked for NIL and then distribute it somehow? How's that feel to you? I mean, 
is it that much different than what they're kind of doing now? I mean, what, what, what's the major difference in yeah. that regard? I mean, the, the, both have collectives. You know, all the major programs have them right now, uh, especially Texas. They had such a good uh, a good template for it. Uh, people are trying to, to use it. Yep. And so I, I think that you already see some of that already. I think you see some of that kind of already, you know, com- coming in and out. Um, Texas and Texas A&M are always going to be the top schools in this state. Uh, you know, maybe not year in and year out, but over the, you know, the bigger picture, they're always going to be the top two schools. So they're always going to have probably the best package when it comes to an NIL. Um, if they decide to do stuff together, you know what? I just don't see that happening. Uh, you know, <laughs> Texas tried to get A&M in the boat when they were developing the Longhorn Network, and we saw how that worked. Yeah, and so. And oh no, no, I'm not. Oh no, well, I, I'm not. I'm not saying they would ever do it together. I'm just saying, uh, in a, it, it'd be like it's like a modern legalized version of the Southwest Conference. That's what I'm saying. I think we're already there. Right. Okay. I, I think we've been. I think we've been there, and I and I think it's still taking shape what it's going to ultimately turn out to be. Uh, again, you know, the NIL has changed so many things, but it really only affects a small percentage of players, and so. Texas and Texas A&M are always going to be in that in regard. I, I think it's already gone down that old Southwest Conference. Look what Texas A&M did with, I believe, the 2022 class. Was it 2022 or 2023? 22, where, yeah. 2022, where they just abs- yeah, where they just absolutely you know bought every player and, and, and knocked it knocked you know knocked it out of the park. I don't think you're going to see a, a setup like that again. But I think you're going to continue to see a trend where those two schools are going to try to at least hold down the in-state prospects as best they can. Justin Wells, Inside Texas, on3.com. All right, let me work my way back to an actual like football-style question because I feel bad taking you through all the politics. But um, let's go back to recruiting here. We've obviously talked to you about Colin Simmons, the stud from Duncanville, and I know that's one that could take a little while. Give me another massive name that you feel like maybe – could be in a discussion for Texas uh, in terms of adding to this commitment list. Anybody in the 24 class that you feel like might be ready to, you know, to commit, I don't know, in the next month or so? Man, there, there, there's probably a list of eight to ten guys. Okay. And, you know, we talked a lot about how early July was really going to tell what this cycle was going to look like because – Sark and his staff have been very judicious with offers and, and who they're going to take. And they've only, after these official visits, have started really looking at the big board and saying, okay, we know we look good here. We know we've got this guy. Do we need to shift resources somewhere else? This guy is trending elsewhere. Do we need to continue to, to push towards him? And so Sark and those guys, they, they've been strategic about it. If I had to name a couple guys that I think uh, big-time guys that, that could jump in the hopper in the next month, uh, first guy, I'm going to name is Corey Gibson. He's the defensive back out of Lancaster, one of the top safeties in the country. He's got some versatility. He can play corner. He can play some nickel. Clemson, Alabama, all LSU all in the mix. But I think Texas really won him over uh, on his birthday in this official visit this last weekend. Uh, I like where they stand with Kobe Black, corner out of Waco Conley. I think that's one that, that could, you know, it may draw out a little bit longer than anticipated, but I still think – uh, Texas is in a prime pouncing position when it comes to that one. And then there's two other guys that you got like a Zeno Umi Ozulu. 
the Allen edge. You know, Texas is going hardcore on edge position in this cycle. Uh, obviously, with Colin Simmons being a priority, and Zena is another one. And this is a guy that, if you recognize his name, his, little bro- his older brother, Neto, who he was, he was an offensive lineman at Texas. And so there's a family connection there. And plus, he's been clicking with Jeff Choate and Pete, Coach PK for over two and a half years now. So there, nobody's been on campus more in the 2024 cycle than, than Zena. And then Daniel Cruz. Like, I think what's funny is that he, he's not rated as high as some of the other guys. But if you watch his tape, there may not be a better center prospect in the country. And you know who agrees with that? Ohio State mm. and Oklahoma and the 25 other programs that offered the North Richland Hills prospect. I love where Texas stands with Daniel Cruz. And so if I saw any guys dropping over the next few weeks, uh, within the next month, that's just a handful right there. I'm telling you guys, go to InsideTexas.com. We have more updates in the last week than, than, than we can keep up with. We had a, a weekend OV thread that went over 720,000 views. Um, it, it, it's insane the momentum that this team has is, is generated that Sark has been able to manufacture in late June, uh, early July. And I think you're going to, by the end of July, Texas will be in the top 10, top 15 range ranking wise again for the 2024 cycle. One other guy, Justin, I have my eye on is Jordan Washington, the Langham Creek tight end, who I think is supposed to decide his his commitment July 4th. I know you guys have him leaning towards Texas, between Texas and Texas A&M. The tight end spot is one that's you know supposed to be pretty big under Sark's offense. A lot will be made of J.T. Sanders this year, but he hasn't really signed a pass-catching tight end yet since he got the Texas Gunner Helm. Uh, coming in, and an Arch Manning's teammate who I can't remember his name right now, but also guys who are considered more run blocking, run blocking tight ends. Is Jordan Washington this prototypical six foot four pass catching tight end that that would fit into Sark's offense? Yeah, they look for two different kinds of tight ends. You have an inline who's more of your blocking type, and then you have the flex who's more of you know your outside guy, play some receiver to you know your pass catcher. The beauty of Jatavian Sanders is that he can do both. And that's why he'll probably likely be a first-round pick in the NFL draft next April. Um, they signed some guys that, that, that catch the football. I'll give you one. Will Randall out of Isidore Newman down in New Orleans. Will Randall, you know, is a multi-sport kid with really, really good hands. And he's not at the size yet that I would call him a blocking guy. He actually was Arch's favorite target and, and, and did a tremendous job. Really good post player basketball, too. He's got great hands and good feet. Spencer Shannon may be more in, in what you were talking about, about that inline blocking style. But with Jordan Washington, I think he's more of your athletic pass catcher, but he has the frame to get big. He has the frame to be able, because the NFL wants guys that can do both. And I think Washington can grow into that guy that's both. You know, he may not be the highest rated guy, but he just got offered by Alabama. They're, they were trying to get him on campus. Texas A&M offered him soon after Texas did, and they got him on campus. I love where the horns stand in that recruitment, by the way. I put in a prediction uh, yesterday about what I feel like Texas is in in the best position for Washington right now. And I think he'll be a great uh, addition. If anybody has a chance, check out his huddles. But check out his basketball huddles. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love tight ends where that basketball translates. And if you're looking for, like, a, a big name, if you're looking for a really highly rated guy, that Texas is in on that could could potentially get. You got to wait for the next cycle. That's in 2025, and that's Lucas Lovejoy tight end Bear Tenney. He's actually from the West Coast. He's an Arizona kid that moved 
to the Metroplex uh, in the spring. And Texas already had a pretty good relationship started with him, you know, from a year ago. Now that he's closer to home, he's already been on campus once, maybe twice. And so if you're looking for maybe a big name, flashy, you know, a, a highly rated guy, I put Bear Kenny at the top of that list, even though he's for the 2025 group. For 2024, it's going to be Jordan Washington, and they're going to wait. If another elite tight end pops up, because Banks has no problem, he's like choice, he has no problem going coast to coast to get the very best he can. If you see an elite guy kind of pop up late in the cycle, Texas will definitely make a run and a move at that. But if not, don't be surprised if Jordan Washington's the guy uh, for this cycle, and then they, get, they, they look at two in 2025, notably Bear Tenney being at the top of that list. That is Justin Wells, Inside Texas on 3.com at Justin Wells 2424. Justin, we appreciate it, man. Try to stay cool, and uh, we will hit, uh, hit you next week. Appreciate you guys. Nothing to love. Thank you, man. Next week it will be uh, we'll be coming off of that 4th of July holiday on a Wednesday. Appreciate Justin's time. That must be an interesting choice to make. I'm Jordan Washington. I'm a badass tight end. Texas is interested. Texas A&M is interested. Alabama is interested. I discuss with Steve Sarkeesian his vision of what a tight end can be in his offense. I discuss with Jimbo and maybe Bobby Petrino what they think a tight end is, and then I discuss with Bill O'Brien and Saban and Tommy Reese, mm-hmm. correct? Do I yeah. have that right? About their thought on what a tight end is going to be. That's interesting. There's, uh, I wonder which which argument wins out in 2023, the tight end position. It's It's crazy cool. It's one I know you're a fan. I'm a big fan of the position, too. When you get it right and you scheme it right, I wonder who's going to win that one. It's been a big part of Sark's offense dating back to USC, Washington, this time in Alabama, and it's a big commitment for Texas with Jordan Washington because they missed on Deuce Robinson this past year, Chad. He added Gunner Helm. He added uh, Will Randall as as Metro Shannon, as Justin Wells talked about, but you know he's looking for these big bodies, guys that can do both of it. It felt like Deuce Robinson would have been perfect for his offense, but mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Washington's a guy that I think Texas has to land this class. Looks like they, they probably will. IT's prediction has them at 96%. So we'll see. July 4th for Texas fans wondering who the next commitment is going to be. It could be very well be Jordan Washington. It's a name to keep an eye on, and uh, we certainly will. Thanks to Justin for his time. Up next, uh, it gets you a flex segment. Last Wednesday night flex show until football season, plus offers and commitments to talk about, including, yeah, that offensive lineman committed, that defensive back has now recommitted and will end up somewhere else. That's official, plus a couple offers to tell you about for flex athletes. Don't move. It's the horn. This is the way we bow. All right, rolling through a Wednesday. Cameron Parker in again today. Thanks for all his hard work. I'm Chad Hastings. Isaiah Collier still enjoying that honeymoon this week in Cancun. Hope they're not quite having to deal with 105 or 107 degrees over there in Cancun. Cancun. Uh, Cameron is going with Houston style music so far in the show. We've had DJ Screw and Ghetto Boys. What do you got here, Cameron? Little Flip from Cloverfield. 
Okay. Texas in Houston. Cloverland, excuse me, not Cloverfield. Cloverland. Uh huh. Out of Houston, Texas. Okay. A little flip. More recent? Or is this a while ago? This is, uh, I think, 2006. All this right. track dropped. A little while ago. All right. Little flip. Ghetto Boys, DJ Screw. Shout out to H Town and all that talented uh, music coming out of there. We hope you are having a good Wednesday. It is a weird NCAA Wednesday for us in some ways. After the NCAA message to schools yesterday, does it have any real power to it? Uh, somebody texted us if I'm CDC, the Aggies are going to use the state laws to recruit. I'm doing that too. I wouldn't let Ross Bjork take advantage of these laws and not do the same thing. NCAA is a joke and it is toothless. There were some Aggie insults in there that I left out because it would have kind of gotten in the way of the message. I didn't want to. Aggie insults on the Specs text line? I know. I I felt like reading Bjork the dork would have been a little weird. (laughs) Um, So, uh, but the message I think is interesting there and that's what I think ultimately will happen that Texas and Texas A&M are probably going to go whatever business was, whatever usual business was, they keep going along those lines and Maybe like Justin said earlier in the hour uh, and that we talked about, is there really that much difference with what starts to happen on Saturday? Is it really that much different than, you know, than what has been done? That would be that'd be my question too, Cameron. If I'm a big if I'm a huge big money donor to let's say I've been donating X amount to the Longhorn Foundation for years. I would want to know what changes on Saturday. Yeah. What changes? What other options do I have? Are you going to send me a message, UT, that says, okay, do you want to now donate separate money to the NIL fund, let's say? And my response as the donor would be, well, what are you, what are you doing with it? What money is this? You know, Explain it to me. What is it? Where's it going? How who's does getting it, it? Who's getting it? How does it get utilized? Do, and then, then do you want to enter the dangerous world of I get to choose as the donor where it goes? Mm-hmm. Pick your sport. Check the box. Don't do that. Don't do that because then you know you're not going to get it to maybe where it needs to go. Uh, Does it just go into a big pot and Texas will say, hey, look, we'll figure it out. There's going to be some NIL deals set up through our organization. And when they do something representing the school, literally, like over at the alum, you know, go over to the alumni center for autographs, go to this event and do some kind of speaking engagement, go over here and help a good cause. Whatever all that is, we're going to pay them for those moments, and that's how the money will be used. And then, you know, I'm the donor, and I say, okay, that's cool, and all right, here's my X amount. If I'm the donor, I'm thinking, it's my money. Why can I decide to choose where it goes? Ooh. If I wanted to go to the baseball or volleyball or, or track and field or football, if I'm donating the money, why can I decide? Why yeah. is there an, an issue with their going to football and not basketball? And from what Justin said in that interview, he seems unfazed by this new NCAA rule. It sounds like he believes that it won't matter, that schools, the Texas schools, that UT and A&M and Houston, TCU, they're just going to follow the federal and state law and just said, NCAA rules, <laughs> that's funny. Uh-huh. I got a state law here that says that I can do this. I don't care what you say. Yeah, I- I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that a place like Texas didn't become a place like Texas because they let all the boosters determine where the money goes. I'll bet you the answer is if you donate this much, we get to figure out where the money goes. Yeah. Now, if you'd like to donate this much, we'll let you send it wherever you want. 
That's probably the way that works. Um, that's the old thing about how do you get your name on a building. Yeah, there's a price for that. Mm-hmm. There's a price for that. All right, so a lot of that stuff out there today. Also, we'll get you a flex segment here. We'll talk about the Wednesday night flex show, what's coming up next, seasons coming, commitments, all kinds of stuff. Here we go. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, so tonight is the last Wednesday night flex show uh, until football season. So they'll take their summer break, if you will, and they'll be back. Wednesday night flex turns into Friday night flex when we get into the season. August 25th, that first week, the zero week, if you're old school of high school football, that's when flex will crank back up on Fridays, get you the pregame, halftime, and postgame, the scores that you're looking for on your Friday nights. It is a wild time uh, in this building on nights like that. So, uh, And obviously it'll be a wild time around the area. So keep listening for all the high school football action we'll have for you. But tonight... The Wednesday Night Flex crew, they're trying to set up some interviews. They haven't guaranteed them yet, so we're not going to jinx them, but they're trying to talk to a couple of the Flex athletes and maybe a coach in the area. So uh, keep it tuned right here, 7 o'clock tonight, for Wednesday Night Flex. And then also remember, uh, kind of in conjunction with that, once we do get to that first week on August 22nd, that Tuesday night, that's when Under the Lights fires up with Rick Epstein, Jeff Power, and the crew over at IHS Fan, another one of our great partners, uh, enabling us to uh, stream some extra games for you throughout the season, uh, and they get you all kinds of great information throughout the year. That'll be on Tuesdays uh, starting August 22nd. So all that is going on in the Flex world. Also remember, All Flex Team, the second edition, is going to be coming this season, and the All Flex watch list is going to be hitting in July. If there are names we need to know, make sure we know them. Send those names to FlexATX on your socials. Go to FlexATX.com and hit the contact button. Send that. If you want to send the name, fine. Want to send videos? Cool. Workouts, seven on seven, all that kind of stuff. We love that. I know the Flex crew is always looking for that information. So keep that in mind. Plus, we've got commitments to talk about. We told you about this guy the other day. The big lineman out of Weiss, Chad Otutu, made his decision. Oh, this is going to be a fun college campaign. How about going to Vegas for college, kids? UNLV. Well done, young man. It was down to UNLV and UTSA. Unfortunately, if you're a Roadrunner fan, he picked UNLV. So congrats. Best of luck to Chad as he makes that decision. That is his commitment at this point. Again, just verbal, but at this point, UNLV. Also, this is a name you may know, and he's been well-traveled. Latrell McCutcheon out of LBJ. Cameron, I know this is a guy uh, that you know. You called some of uh, the games when he was still there, right? His younger brother. You called you called the younger brother. Latrell. My Try-try. bad, my bad. Um, so Latrell started at OU, ended up at USC in a transfer, and now he's transferring again, and his recommitment is Houston. Mm-hmm. He's going to H-Town. So best of luck to him. That's a talented family, good uh, defensive back, and now he will be – uh, started in the Big 12, and now he's back in the Big 12. Yeah, I think he wanted to come back a little bit closer to the home. His family, of course, here in Austin area. His younger brother, I believe, is a Vanderbilt commit. Uh, he was a part of that mm-hmm. 20, 
20 LBJ class that went to the state semifinals with uh, Andrew Makuba, who, of course, is at Clemson as a safety. So he was a part of a really good uh, LBJ team with Coach Fenner. Went to OU. Uh, thought about – I don't know if he took an official visit to Texas during his – when he was going to transfer. He, he definitely thought about it, but just followed Alex Grinch from OU to USC. Mm-hmm. And he played, I believe, four games last season for USC. May have started those four games, but he's back in – Back in the state of Texas, so glad to have Matrell, uh, a great Sentex area guy, back in the state of Texas. And for Chad Otutu, this Weiss program, Chad, they, they're putting some ballers out there. They really Peyton are. Morgan, he's a, he's a three-star kid. He'll be committing soon. And then Adrian Wilson, another yeah. Weiss guy who's we going to TCU. Talked about him yesterday. Yeah, yeah coming to TCU. Uh, a couple of offers to mention as well. Thompson Vickery, one of my favorite athletes in the area from Dripping Springs, the hybrid linebacker DN. You can sometimes not know exactly what he's doing, and that freaks the offense out. Big number 11 for Dripping Springs. Just got an offer from Yale. Yale now has a little Dripping Springs connection because Garen Duncan – the receiver, yeah. one of the receivers from last year, he's going to Yale, and now Thompson Vickery's got that offer. Whew, good for you, young man. I do not know what it feels like to have a Yale offer in my pocket, and other offers are probably coming. Good for you, Thompson. Well I, done. Ivy League does a lot of recruiting in the Centex area. They really do. And we've, we've talked about it. Alex Green at Hutto is trying to get every Ivy League school's offer. <laughs> He's got just about all of them now. That kid's got to be an amazing student. Uh, and congrats to Thompson there for that. Another offer to mention, uh, I'm going to go with Easy on that first name. I think that's what I've been told is, is good. Easy Orotokai? Orotokai? Lake Travis? On your own there. On yeah, your own there. Right. The big Lake Travis offensive well, lineman. Mark Koenig, just, Bucky. just got an offer from... Tulane. So congrats. Uh, green wave. Yep. Congrats That's to the, him for that. Yeah. Sent the sent the running back to the speaking of Latrell McCutcheon. Speaking of Latrell McCutcheon, Tulane knocked off USC last year, so they got some. Uh, oh yeah, they could share notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you give some, what you don't do to look, lose to a group of five school. This is what you do not do. Uh, yeah, they got to maybe tackle that running back a little more. Yeah, that'd be helpful. All right, there's your flex segment. We do it every day at one thirty. Coming up at two oh five. Back into the college uh, football discussion with Anwar Richardson of OrangeBloods.com. He just came off a of vacation, and he would tell you that's why Texas just got all these recruits. Apparently, he's the good luck charm. We'll talk to him about that and some of this crazy NCAA NIL stuff that may be on the way. Up next, though, it is Cameron and where we're at in society. There's no telling where it's going. Stay with us on this Wednesday. Hope you're staying cool out there. This is The Horn. Rolling through a Wednesday. It's a big test of my Isaiah Collier education. All right, Cam. It's called Riding Dirty. Uh, maybe. No? You got half of it right. Okay. This is a song that I thought of when Zay told me that I was going to be listening to UGK's album called Riding Dirty. So it's very different than that, yes, though. Yes. It's different. They have a song called Riding Dirty. That's not what this is. This is Riding Dirty 
or a song that mentions riding dirty. What's it? What's what's it actually Just called? Ride it. Just, Just ride, ride it. it. Just ride it. Just ride it. Um. Why is the word chameleonaire in my head? Because you got it correct. Yeah. Where is Isaiah? Call him up, Professor Collier. Well done. Someone call the front desk at his hotel in Cancun. <laughs> Let them know. Oh, I'm going to have to play that back for him. That's fantastic. That may be the highlight of my day right there. All right, Chameleonaire, Lil Flip, Ghetto Boys, DJ Screw. Is this also Houston? Yeah. Okay. Houston based. Real quick, thanks to Specs Texture, Lil Flip's uh, song. That was 2002. This is 2006. Okay. Ah, gotcha. So okay. we're slowly working our way up from early. 90s now to 2010. Very nice. All right, we got a lot of college stuff on the brain today with the NCAA, NIL, NLI, and all the little changes coming and stuff. We talked about that. Also, there is a breaking story from the NFL today. I guess it's I'm, breaking is not the right way. It's a decision that is breaking that they're going to take that handful of players, including Isaiah Rogers of the Colts, and probably give them season-long suspensions. So we have that update. Uh, there's also an update, I am told, Cameron. Are we going to get him this one for media days coming up? Yeah, Big 12 has announced who is going to be the player participants for the Big 12 media days. Okay, so we know we know everybody's players now. Big 12 media days. Hit me with the UT group. First out, shout out CB. He's been on a heater on Twitter today, Chad, because he's keeping us abreast of everything going on. Thank you, CB. So for Texas, I think if you could pick, Chad, if you could pick five players for Texas to come. Taking five. Taking five. Who who would be your five? I'll tell you which ones are going. All right. I'm assuming if I could pick, if I could send five, I would send Quinn Ewers. Yep. I would send uh, Xavier Worthy. Yep. Um, I would send Sanders. Because mm. I'm a tight end guy. He's not going, but All right. I get, understand that choice. Okay. How dare you, Texas? Uh, let's see. <laughs> well, who else would I send? I mean, I would send Jontae Cook, but I know it's a freshman, and yeah. that would just be entertaining. No, no, for, no freshman on this list. It would be so entertaining for Big 12 media days. Come on. Uh, let's see. Who else would I send? I'm forgetting somebody. Well, yeah, two two seniors and I believe one junior. I'm I'm forgetting well, somebody. three. Obvious. Um, I'm missing somebody on the defensive side, but go ahead and tell me. Jordan Whittington. Oh, wait. Okay, yeah. Who I believe is gone now. This is his eighth year at Big 12 Media Days. That's true, yeah. Uh, Brock Cunningham. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Jalen Ford. Ah, that's who I was forgetting. Jalen Ford, yeah. Good and call. Jaday Barron. So, actually, three seniors because Barron okay. is a senior. Gotcha. I think okay. Jay Witt's a super, super senior. And Ford is just a senior, correct? Uh, that's correct. I believe you're right. Yeah. Interesting. Jaday Barron's going. That's cool. But. I think cool. Texas fans happy to get Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy as well. And that's good for us, too, Chad, because we're going to be up there in Arlington for Big yes, 12 Media Days. That so. is, hey, that is the plan. Wednesday, the 12th of July is the day Texas is involved. So that's the day we are going to hopefully, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We will have the Light the Tower show. We will have this show. And we will have Ball Don't Lie. Uh, that kind of fits into the time uh, a lot better. If we sent Bucky and Aaron up there, they'd be sitting in an empty place a lot. Yeah. And it just didn't feel right based on the time. So they're rolling basically 12 to 5 on that Wednesday. We're going to go do that, then have everybody back here on Thursday dealing with day two. But uh, we are going to do our best to be up there to cover it. We're getting credentials tried to f- figure out today. We're looking at the technical side of it. i got to go discuss some technical with Patrick uh, actually during the show today. So, yes, that is coming up July. 12th. So cool list there. Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, Whittington, Ford, and Barron are the guys. Three on the defensive side. Excuse me, two on the defensive side, three on the offensive side. 
for Texas. All right, let's get you where we at in society. See what Cameron wants to get to today. Where are we at in society today? All right, Cameron, where do we go today? Well, we're now in a society where BYU and Houston are in the Big 12, as I was just reminded by this Big 12 media graphic seeing yeah. BYU's logo, wondering, why is that with Texas? Oh, they're in the conference now. Oh, okay. That's right. Now, I wanted to touch on, first off, thank you, CB, again. Uh, by the way, apparently Zion Williamson's ex-girlfriend, Mariah, something is pregnant with their child, according to her social media. Is that a story that's saying you guys covered? Oh, yes. We've, okay. ta- we've talked about that one, sadly, Good. a few times. So now she has, what, tweeted out a positive pregnancy test? Posted on her Instagram story a picture of a positive pregnancy test, and then the next picture was a poll asking people to help her name her child. Her choices were <laughs> Zoriah, Z-O-R-I-A-H, maybe something to do with Zion. Oh, of course. Or Junior. Junior. I'm not sure how you go from Zariah to Junior. Oh, my God. But That, that story is so bizarre. Um, she also has had more tweets about Zion Williams than Zion Williams has played in NBA games in his career. Ah, uh, of course. Somebody counted that. That's fantastic. Very great stuff. Has Very she released step. the sex tape she's talking about yet? That's the question. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Um, I have not been actively looking for Zion's sex tape chat. So. I, I have not either. I, have, I am not a sex tape aficionado. Okay. Um, in terms of the you know famous folks, sex tapes, I have not ever the I, I have not sat through even part of most of the ones you could mention. Yeah, the one famous sex tape that I've sat through a little bit of is I guess a little bit embarrassing, but it sort of makes sense because I am a pro wrestling fan. I've seen a little bit of the China one, and that's about it. Is that with Hulk Hogan? No, no. What's the Hulk Hogan one that he went the court battle with? Yeah, that was Deadspin. That was the one with Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, and was recorded without his knowledge and all that stuff. Yeah, all right. That was that was a very different story. This was yeah, China and uh, X Pac, Sean Waltman back in the day. That's the only one I've ever seen. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll be on the lookout. Look out for that. On a lighter note, let's go to the world of golf, Chad. Uh, I talked about how I didn't, I got into sports because I didn't want to have to read court documents and legislations and drafts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you to Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman because I'm trying to make mess of this whole Live Golf PJ Tour PF, PIF agreement. So mm-hmm. Monday night, Chad, the agreement between the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the Saudi Public Investment Fund was released. It was a six-page binding document, the agreement that they came together. Only six pages? Six pages, okay. which kind of tells you how quickly this all came together, right? Yeah. You're expecting like a 72-worded page document. Nope, just six pages, pretty brief. Yesterday, because remember, Jay Monahan, the commissioner, he's in the hospital, Chad, for undisclosed reasons. I'm not even sure if he's been released yet. We hope he's okay. But he, he went down last week. Or actually, yeah, two weeks ago during the U.S. Open with an undisclosed medical condition, the same week this agreement became public. Hmm. And they had, I believe, six days to release this. And on the sixth day, they finally were able to release this document. Yesterday, the PGA Tour met with the uh, the five-player board that includes Patrick Cantley, uh, Roy McIlroy, Webb Simpson, a few others. That was yesterday in Detroit Mortgage Classic to kind of go over and tell the players – Hey, no matter what happens, you guys have to agree before this happens. So basically, the PJ Tour, the Saudi Arabia PIF, the DP World Tour, this new entity, Chad, they're telling the players, the policy board, 
hey, you can still decide if this happens or does not happen. Now, on the other side of that, Chad, this is also going to go to court potentially because the DOJ is going to review this and decide whether or not this violates the antitrust agreements, right? Because remember, before this agreement, live golf players were suing the PGA Tour, saying the PGA Tour was violating the antitrust agreements right. and violating because they had a direct monopoly on the game. Now, of course, now they're together. Now they're going to argue, hey, actually, no, we're just kidding. We like the monopoly kidding. now. We love, we love monopoly. It's a fun game. I've always loved playing. I'm a park place guy. So that's one part of it. But out of this agreement, just real quick, some bullet points before everyone falls asleep on me. This new agreement, for those wondering what happens to live golf, will it continue? Phil Mickelson actually spoke today for the first time about all this stuff. They're all believing that next year in 2024, live golf will be around. Mm -hmm. But with this agreement, Chad, it's a little bit more uncertain because live golf will now follow fall under control, complete control of the PGA Tour. Oh, wow. Now, Saudi Saudi Arabia's PIF becomes a huge investor into this, right? So they'll have they'll have final say on everything. But they're going to create this new entity called Nuco. It's just called Nuco in the contract agreement, standing for new company. That could technically be Live Golf. It could be a, a different league. It could be a, a team format. We don't know what it could be. But for those saying that Live Golf will certainly be here in 2024, there's a chance it may not be because hmm. the PGA Tour ultimately will decide what happens. But for sure, Saudi Arabia is going to become a big investor, a big sponsor in golf going forward. So you're going to have a lot of things going on with Saudi Arabia. There's probably going to be PGA Tour events eventually in the future in Saudi Arabia. So for those who you know, were against Live Golf because of sports washing and their involvement in 9-11, everything like that, well, basically, they're going to be what funds the PGA Tour going forward. Because if the DOJ decides to rule that this agreement violates antitrust regulations and it falls apart, the PJ Tour does not have the money, Chad, to compete with Live Golf and Saudi Arabia PIF fund. So the PJ Tour desperately needs this agreement to be pushed through by the DOJ or else, you know, possibly in five years, there may not be a PJ Tour. And for those players who decided, hey, we're not going to accept the blood money from Live, we're going to stay with the PJ Tour the PGA Tour just accepted that same blood money, right? right? So if you're John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, JT Spieth, and you decline that money, and this deal now goes through, what's stopping you now from taking that money, right? It's like, oh, hey, we said no to it because of our conscience and because of blood money. Well, actually, our tour just accepted that same money. So no matter what, we're going to be playing technically for quote-unquote blood money anyway. So what's stopping those guys from going over there? So if you love the PGA Tour, if you're Jay Monahan, whatever, you need this deal to be pushed through by the DOJ. Keep an eye on that one. Interesting stuff, crazy stuff in the world of golf and has been for a while now. Uh, up next, your 2 o'clock hour. We'll start with Anwar Richardson of Orange Bloods. Talk about all this craziness, NCAA, NIL, and all that. At 2.30, it's Why Today Matters, June 28th. We will get into something I have never done. I thought about doing it, and then I didn't do it. We'll tell you what it is coming up on the horn.